Hi friends, I'm Tanya Luna, psychology researcher and writer. And I'm Brian Luna. I often wonder how Destro Blue is nose. And you're listening to Talk Psych to Me. A show where we take research <laughs> out of the lab and, and into, into the, the streets. streets. <laughs> Let's get into it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think we're on episode 55 and this is the first intro I screwed up because I was like, what did he just say? Is this a, a superhero supervillain? It's G.I. Joe, Destro. Oh. He has like a metal casing on his head. And I was like, if he ever gets the sniffles, like, what does he do? Because there's no holes. I don't know. I so then maybe he doesn't get sniffles. Oh, oh. Maybe he well, he has to. I because mean, like, there's still a nose, but he can't yeah, touch yeah, it. Yeah, he can't touch it. He can't. Speaking of touch, oh, that's sh- what we're talking about today. And I promised the same plan. You know, we're doing a series of episodes on the psychology of senses. different senses. Mm-hmm. Last time we talked about smell. This time, let's touch on touch. Let's I didn't even plan that sentence. Talk on touch. No, let's touch on touch. Let's speech on touch. Why would you obliterate my pun? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I know it would be better. Something if I, if I unrelated. <laughs> All right. So, how do you feel about touch? Yeah. yeah. See, if I say I love it, then it sounds like a perv. But no, touch is awesome. I, I'm not. I'm I not think a you're cuddler. very picky about the kind. Absolutely, of touch you the like. kind of touch. Like I love scratches on the back. Like I, I think you touch yeah. me. Yeah, touch me like you would touch a dog. Yeah. And I'm happy like that. Yeah. But don't like cuddle me. I don't like to hold hands. No, you I don't, don't like, like none of that hands. shit. What, in yeah. fact, you'll give me like little hand holding <laughs> dosages. Like you'll be like, okay, I think I can handle it. Ha, handle it. <laughs> you'll be like, okay, get him in. And I have to like hold your hand and savor the sensation. Get a whole for day like, for like 30 seconds. 30, 30 seconds, seconds worth. Yeah. But you do like other types of touch. Yeah. Yeah. So, so touch is kind of an interesting one because it's a very important sense. Uh-huh. And yet... It can be uncomfortable to talk about. It can be a little taboo in society. I was about to say, it's very dangerous right now because the way people, you know, what was, I don't know if it's acceptable is the right word, but like putting a hand on a shoulder mm-hmm. now means so much more than it did, you know, when I was growing up. So it's, it's a, I don't know if it's like volatile is the right word, but it's, it's a learning, it's a learning thing for everyone. And I think people have to remember that. Not saying that you'd excuse all this kind of behavior, but it is a learning there should be a learning curve. <laughs> there should be a learning curve. Right, because the spectrum between what's inappropriate and what's appropriate seems like it should be clear, yeah. but it's actually, it could be very ambiguous. Yeah. And touch plays a major role in our lives, in our brains, but in many cultures, U.S. included, it, yeah, it's fraught. It's it's kind of a scary topic. Mm-hmm. So, for example... Well, what culture is touchy-feely like, okay? Well, I was going to say... Not so, in London. <laughs> not when we were... Actually, it's perfect that you brought that up. So, for example, psychologist Sidney Arard observed conversations between two people sitting and chatting together. Mm-hmm. What's your guess about the number of touches he saw per hour... Well, where was he? In England. Oh, in England. I was say, if he's in the Bronx... I know. If you, t- if you, you know, follow yeah, me to the end of this f- sentence... <laughs> All answers will be revealed. <laughs> you take these weird pauses. I don't know if there's more to that question. Okay. I so gotta breathe. In London, how, how long was the conversation? One hour. And it, not London specifically, in the in, oh, in the UK. Uh, tw- two touches. Two, two touches? touches. Yeah. Okay. What's your guess about in the US? Where in the US? I know. Where in the US? Jeez. But let's just say like, bl- blanket guess. W- 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 were, were they white people? Yes. Oh. Um, it changes everything. Uh six six okay france france they're all over each other i'd say like 42 and puerto rico oh shit what they didn't stop touching two times they didn't touch 
So here's what Gerard reported. He said zero in England. Okay, so I was close. Two. Two in the U.S. Okay, six. 110 in France. I was, what did I tell you? I was right. I knew and it. Like 180 40. in Puerto Rico. Damn. I will say it's very important to note that this study, <laughs> his study was a tiny pilot study. It has been blown. His findings have been blown way out of proportion <laughs> because people cite this as though it was like rigorous academic sure, research. Sure, sure, sure. It was not. And to your point, like where were these specifically yeah. done and which states and what demographics? Yeah, and where, kind of where stuff. were these people talking? Were they talking in a bank? This was I, in a it, coffee shop. Yeah, but... Coffee shops in, 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 in London are very small and they're tight, so you can't be all over each other. Well, I would say smaller means more touching. No, smaller means you got to watch your space. But my point is, there are these cross-cultural norms yeah. and differences yeah. in communication, even ones that you, without having to go and creep on people from a distance, <laughs> <laughs> you were able to take a pretty good guess, even if those exact numbers are, are not quite right. Yeah. But the, the feel, the, I was in the range, you, yeah. You were probably in the range. How was touch seen in your family growing up? I mean, you know, we were we were a touchy feely family. Whether it's punches and wrestling, you know, like oh, that's like me and Roger used to wrestle. Me and my cousin Rick. I mean, like we used to greet each other and already be sweaty because we were already like <laughs> ready to wrestle. And then we and Rick and I were in Pampers together, right? We were like little babies. Yeah, so like two years ago. <laughs> uh, no, but we we grew up two months and two days apart. So when we see each other. It just like whole like we used to hug each other and then that would turn into a headlock, turn into a suplex, maybe a so figure like four. Affectionate violence. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, but it was always affectionate. My mom was really touchy feely with us, uh, and I, I also think that that's how she disciplined us as well. Like I think that follows that same passion when you when you mm. love is so the same passion touch when you for hurt. communication. Absolutely, in absolutely. So like we were, I mean, you know, I know it's taboo to talk about now, but like we were corporally disciplined mm -hmm. as they say mm -hmm. as some white person said in a lab meaning we were hit like you know we were we were disciplined like that liz wasn't because there were different rules uh because she was a girl but um but for the most part we were all you know treated this you know roger and i were treated the same and yeah yeah that's, that's an interesting relationship that you're bringing up because mm -hmm. in my home we were never hit but we were never touched either like mm -hmm. i think my mother's hugged me three awkward times I haven't in, seen in my whole life <laughs> right like it's yeah. just it's like this very and I hold you I hug your thing. mom all the time and, and it's so cute because like she holds me like very wide like you know like when you hold someone you bring them in uh, Mamka uses the arms as like a frame like space like this is like in dirty She's dancing like, like this I is my space hug. yeah this is I am doing hug this <laughs> is over here my space you don't come here I don't come there um, it's like the, you know, like a border situation, but yeah, yeah I, I don't, your, your sister's pretty touchy feeling. Like she's pretty huggy. Yeah. I think she felt very touch deprived growing up. Yeah. Our species in general seems to, while there are big cultural differences in how much we touch, it seems really, really important for humans to touch. Even like if you look at non-human primates mm -hmm. who are very, very close relatives, they spend about 10 to 20% of their waking time grooming each other that's awesome i love that yeah yeah I you mean, would love to be groomed oh my god if i was like a, a chimp or, or like a uh, ideally i would love to be a gorilla because you know you want to be higher on that primate food chain and like uh -huh. no one messes with you and also you don't have to work out you're just naturally shredded <laughs> and 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 then also you get groomed like yeah. it's it's and great. the really cool thing is that grooming time predicts relationship closeness and even willingness to sacrifice one another's lives for each other oh yeah so the more you groom me if if we're 
primates, if we're monkeys, <laughs> the more likely I am to risk my life for you when I see a predator. So, for example, I might scream to alert you, even yeah. though it puts me in danger. So, so I got to learn to braid your hair to tell me I got someone coming on my six. That's messed up. <laughs> it man. would be nice. Yeah. My yeah. hair. No one's braided my hair in a very long time. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. So let's talk about some of the, the human research when okay. it comes to touch. Uh, I'll, I want to touch on. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be all day, folks. It's going to be all day. <laughs> I want to dabble in some of the some of the different uh, areas in in touch research. The first talking about touch and communication. May I recreate a brief experiment on you, originally led by Matt Hertzenstein? Yes. Okay. Oh, Hertzenstein. That's a cool name for someone to get into touch research. Hertzenstein. Yeah, I guess so. Hertz. Okay. All right. So this experiment was originally conducted with strangers. You and I know each other. Uh huh. To some we extent. To some really extent, yeah, yeah. Know but who, who knows, who knows, What's really knowing, knows someone, right? yeah. But let's see if it still works. Okay, <laughs> so first of all, I'm sorry. My hands are cold. I've been trying to warm them up, but... Is this part of the experiment? No, it's actually what am I supposed not, to do? It's not. Just hold just your hand? warm my Jeez. hand up. I don't, want you to, I don't want this to be like a confounding variable. Okay. So I'm just going to have you warm up my hands. Okay. Okay, um, now give me your other arm. Okay. okay. Close your eyes. All right. And I'm going to attempt to communicate several different emotions to mm -hmm. you just through a one second touch. Okay. So I'm going to touch you and I want you to tell everyone what emotion I'm communicating. Okay. Okay. Ready? Mm -hmm. So give me like your arm. Okay. Ready? Mm -hmm. Caring okay. or like nurturing mm -hmm. a love or warmth. Okay. <laughs> that one's unfamiliar with for you. That's anger. <laughs> Frustration. Oh, that's violence. That's like, uh, um, or playfulness. I'd say playfulness. That's like uh, missing or like a longing or, or... Okay, okay, close. All right, so the first one, you said kindness. I was going for compassion. Okay. That's, I, I, come on. That's... That's pretty good. Yeah, I'd say I score that. Uh, then the second one, you said... I don't know. You said kindness, love? I think, or love. Oh, you said love. love. I was going for gratitude. All right, that's... Uh, come on. You know, I was. I didn't get your vernacular, but no, no, maybe... No, no, but you... that's pretty okay. good. That's pretty good. Uh, the next one uh, I was going for was anger. And I said mad, yeah. You said mad? Yeah. Okay, okay. Did you not write any of this down? <laughs> Jeez, what kind of research? And then the last one, um, I was going for fear, and you said longing or play. No, you did one with claws, and I yeah, said yeah. frustration or like play, and then I was like, play. no, that could be play. Oh, yeah, yeah, And then I tried it again, and you were like, no, nah, that's longing. But I was still going for fear. I didn't get fear. Okay. All right. But but we got really close. So what researchers found is that people were remarkably good at guessing the right emotion, particularly compassion. Hmm. Which well, is I, I got to say got. fear is tough because you need more context, Maybe. right? Because like when someone squeezes your hand, you know, if we're on the subway, that could be a warning or that could be compassion. You know what I mean? So like we, we need to know like what, what, what's Maybe you need on. a little bit more context yeah, 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 for yeah. it. But, but that's uh, part, I, th I think that's a huge part of what you're trying to con convey right so the like context but what's super interesting is psychologist dr keltner who we we mentioned his research mm -hmm. a lot uh, he found that people can differentiate between different emotions when it comes to touch better than facial and voice communication oh. so we almost always think about communication through you know tone of voice yeah. and facial expressions but particularly compassion gratitude love some of those kind of like finer shades of those connective emotions are much easier to communicate through touch. I, I don't think you can you can lie with touch. I, um, I think like say uh, you know we're two people who were after the same job and you got it and I didn't get it and I come up to you and I'm like oh man I'm so happy for you and I shake your hand and maybe it's a little too tight. 
I can't control, like I can control my words and I can control how I kind of look to you. Mm. But what I can't do is I can't really. Or maybe we don't even think to control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, I guess that's what I mean. Like we don't consider that. What do you think of these findings in general? Like the the fact that we we seem to communicate some emotions better through touch than through other forms of communication. I guess it makes sense because it was probably one of the first forms of communication that we had as mm. primates, humans, uh, that, that evolution. Right, touch evolved before language. Yeah, it would have to, right? Um, and then like visual cues, but you'd still need the touch, like follow me, come with me, stay, you know, yeah. all those things. Or maybe even when we're teaching children, like especially before they're pre-verbal, if they don't have a vocabulary yet, mm-hmm. to be able to communicate what we're feeling with touch. Yeah. Or if we're communicating with a species that we don't have a shared language with, to be able to communicate with touch, it's like yeah. you can get a lot of a message across. Well, even when talking about children and babies in particular like infants when you hold your baby when you hold a baby when when <laughs> when you hold your I own baby when a past, person holds, I do not hold babies. <laughs> <laughs> when a person holds their own baby uh-huh. uh that's the baby's kind of first uh i guess communication, communication with yeah. with the parents so that way they're like oh you're mine i'm yours and then smell comes in so that the baby knows that you're there one yeah so aside from communication what are some ways that you would say human touch influences our behavior uh well i mean (laughs) not not to sound crass but it lets us know when sexy time is okay you know so like in terms of procreation or 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 just the practice or recreation recreation, yeah (laughs) you know what i mean but it it sends you the signal let you know that people are interested but not just interested in in uh sexy time but like also interested in you or what you're saying Mm -hmm. um i also think that yeah like if you're telling a story and someone puts their hand on your arm or something or on your knee yeah yeah but but also lets you know you're safe as well like um you know, you mean uh, in any interaction, not romantic, not necessarily romantic, but like any intimate reaction, like one on one, like this is safe, you know, like mm, whenever you're talking safety. to somebody or, or you've been through a, a traumatic experience, somebody, sometimes paramedic or something or a doctor will like hold your hand oh, or wow. a nurse and like, you know, calm you down. And that's like a safety thing. Yeah. Um, I think those are those are pretty important. And yeah. I think touch also in violent situations lets you know what level of violence you're approaching. Oh, wow. Like what level of aggression? If it it's shoving and, you know, if it's a shove away, but it's not like, like, communication. you know, because there's, there's a few ways to shove someone. There's like, get away from me. Then there's like, boom. And, you know, you slam them on their chest. And then that's, that's like, you know, it's going to escalate to the next level. Message. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, and I, I guess to your point about like sexy time touch, as you put it, <laughs> that could be very easy, easily misconstrued. I was just recently oh, reading yeah, yeah, yeah. research on power recently that finds that people who experience more of a sense of power are more likely to misconstrue someone's <laughs> interest as sexual interest, for example. And in general, like to your point yeah. earlier about what is socially normal based on the culture, based on the time we're in, based yeah. on all that kind of stuff. So it sends a message for sure. And also that message could easily be misread. Absolutely. I, I didn't mean to make it sound like it's a, Oh no, I did, it's I a did black and white were, language. Yeah, you know, I, it's, it's my takeaway. Wasn't that you were like, yeah, broads these days (laughs) they let you touch them and then the next thing nothing you know they let me shake their hand and next thing you know i'm going home alone but it is but but i think that it is kind of um the message of don't touch it also doesn't quite work because touch is so important so Mm -hmm. it's like how do we as a touching species find that balance between touching for connection for communication and Mm -hmm 
touching appropriately and consensually. Here's some other fun findings from touch research. So various studies have found that touching a customer on the shoulder or lightly on the arm when giving them their check at the end of the meal Hmm. increases your tip. (laughs) And even uh, in France, so researchers Nicolas Gagan and Celine Jacob, they tested this out in France because they were like, well, we don't tip in France. Yeah, so I was is about this to say, they don't, they don't drop shit oh, in Oh, they do when you touch. <laughs> so it turns out that people will pay more money. Yeah. <laughs> and this isn't about like, oh, this is romantic. This person wants something from me. It's this feeling of closeness that it seems to yeah. create. It's almost like well, you care about that person now. Yeah, there's also uh, – um, because a, a server isn't quite a stranger, Right. They, they've been with you all night taking care of you. And then mm-hmm. to touch you is also like it's exciting. It, it amplifies it's like, the Yeah. Yeah. The it's it's it, there's something about being in a restaurant and, you know, the, the server touches you, you know, appropriately. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not, t- I'm not talking about that kind of place. Um, uh, but like, you know what I mean? Like a, like you said, the, the gesture of the shoulder or something like that. Yeah. There's something very. Uh, intimate yeah and like and like reassuring and, and you feel kind of like uh, like a, not a child again because that sounds horrible maybe uh, but do you know what i mean like see how just, hard this stuff is to talk oh about? my god it's terrible because like, like i'm have... like oh like being touched like a child and like wait 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 let me back up because <laughs> that's not what i mean but that's i think why these topics are so important to talk about because we ignore this whole sense that is so crucial to <laughs> you don't know how bad it is world. right now to like when you ask me a question i'm oh, like shit it's a landmine you're for, like for someone like me yeah because for someone like me it's hard because yeah. Okay. Look, like, gr- uh, even not growing up, but like um, when when I used to hang out with my friends at uh, the, the, you know, my theater friends, when we'd see each other, you know, we'd give each other like big hugs, and I would oh, like theater sco- people are always touching each other. Yeah, but it's different. Like when you, it is in high school, yes, but like when you're adults, it's it's different. It, it's it's not the same kind of dynamic. Yeah. But like you know, I'd scoop up my friends and like swing them around, and you know, I'd pick them up, and you know, um, uh, you, you know, and like you know, grab them and. and swing them or something like that and they'd be like oh right we'd joke around but it wasn't there wasn't anything sexual about it there wasn't anything like um i mean i i i wouldn't have done it if i didn't feel the person was like hey don't do that again you know whatever i was like okay fine no problem sorry but like it was just weird don't swing me again like a little child uh (laughs) without my permission um but there's there is something about that that's that's really cool uh to to not have to worry about those barriers, but now yeah. like I wouldn't I wouldn't do that with someone I didn't know. Or... Yeah, it's tricky that, and I don't know what the answers to it is. Uh, be, what the answer to that predicament is because we need touch. Touch is really crucial to a sense of connection, and we have to be thoughtful about yeah how we use touch in our relationships. I mean, I think same thing lately with words, right? Like we mm-hmm. need words to be able to feel openness and connection sure. and safety. And we also have to be careful about the impact of those words. Right. I'll share with you a few other findings, if that's okay, just to kind of bring this point home on the importance of touch. So Michael Krauss, Cassie Huang, and Datra Keltner, they found that NBA basketball teams whose mm-hmm. players touch each other more <laughs> win more games. Yeah, I see that. Now, it might be that you're winning more and so you're touching more, right? Like maybe you don't want to touch. Yeah, I don't know that that touching leads to winning. I think there's a little more to it. I think there's skill. (laughs) I think there's teamwork, camaraderie. I think there's communication on the court. But obviously they're not saying all you need is touch. (laughs) My point is, I don't know the direction of it. 
but it could be that yeah. hey you touch each other more and so you're more like you your brain is like we're a team i feel safe here i can take risks here like hmm. i feel a part of something or maybe it's that you don't want to touch a loser so i don't know what's what's and they do wear like minimal like of all the sports teams they wear <laughs> other than swimming like uh they wear the 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 least amount of clothing you know they're in tank tops and shorts uh, it's a smaller team yeah. than, like, say, a football team has uh-huh. eleven players or a hockey team. Um, you know, there, there's, and the court is smaller. I mean, I, I think it, it's. Why just are you more... making this like a sexy story? No, no, no I'm not making it a sexy story. <laughs> I'm just, saying, no, I'm just saying, like, it's Basketball. a much more, it's a much more intimate game in terms of like, oh, uh, like closeness. Yeah. So I think you are on each other, and then you're, you know, in the huddles, you're, you're, you're right on top of each other. It's sweat. It's a fast-paced game, and I think there is a lot of relief with, because it's, it, it, you know, football. It's different because, like, between each play, there's a, there's a cool-down session where you can still raise the stakes between plays. But, like, the game in basketball moves so fast that yeah. it must be so high intensity and such high stress yeah. that when you do stop, mm. you're, like, holding so each other, like, like, oh, my gosh, to... like, this is, we just did that, yeah. you know, two and a half minutes of straight play. Now we're in a, in a timeout and yeah. we need to figure this. But like, it, even as you're describing that, I'm thinking of other sports where there's, like, the huddle where people put their hands together or where, mm-hmm. heads together or, like, the, like, everyone. <laughs> it's only in movies. No one puts their heads together in, in football. Life. No, you don't, like, put your heads That's together. That's just a movie. Shot. I know, in okay, pictures. Okay, fine. How about, like, don't teams do the thing where they put, like, all your all our hands go in and then you go like whatever like <laughs> you do at success the end of, on three talk psych the... to me on three one two three talk psych like... to me um yeah you do you do yeah you do that but it's not like you're not holding hands yeah it's just but a stack of hands yeah, yeah but my yeah. point is we do these things to feel a sense of oh yeah yes yes right? yes to, like, to, for, as a team hands vote. on yes, each other's absolutely. backs all yes. that kind of stuff speaking of being on the same team listeners you are team talk psych oh, to me shit. If you haven't already, take a moment right now, touch us with those five stars, and leave us some feedback. Leave a review on three. One, One two, two three. three. Leave, leave a review. review. Thank you. Okay. Moving on. Nicholas Gagan, bringing up uh, his research again, he found that when teachers put a hand on their student's shoulder, mm-hmm. they're more likely they to volunteer. Sued. Well, oh. let's see. That's what's so freaking hard about this. <laughs> I don't think... See, it's, it's such... The, I know. We're a with, litigious society. Yeah. And, of course, you can take this to the whole inappropriate level. But what he found is that just putting a hand lightly or patting the student's shoulder, those students were more likely to volunteer in class. And then 28% more likely to volunteer again later compared to just 9% among the students who didn't receive the touch. It worked for me. I got to say, like, when I was... Uh, you had touchy che- teachers? Yeah, I had touchy teachers. I had touchy That's teachers. hard to say. I had touchy tall teachers, touchy teachers. Teacher. I had really <laughs> tall, tall touchy, touchy teachers. teachers. Um Trigonometry touches teachers. Uh, so w- <laughs> when I was uh, teaching trick, <laughs> but but it does something for the students because like uh, we don't know what the students are going through at the time, right? So when our big uh, uh, hullabaloo with my family happened and everything kicked off, I was in the fifth grade, um, and my teacher, Mrs. Kopsky, uh, wonderful, I, I, just amazing woman, and she saw I was having a tough time. And I mentioned the lunch story before in the in, in on the podcast. She'd get, give you lunch when you didn't. Have she to. would, get, yeah. She would make a big deal about it. She's like, "I'm not going to eat half. I can't eat this this <laughs> uh, sandwich or whatever. I can't. There's no way, you know. I made this and I didn't, you know, I had too much. And and she would she would like, you know, put my hand on my shoulder. Put your hand on your shoulder. My, yeah, she she'd like give me like wrench it behind my back. <laughs> <laughs> when she saw me, she saw group? me putting my hand in her purse. She would like wrench my, put my hand on my shoulder. No, she would put her hand on my shoulder, mm-hmm. and um, and it really, I mean, it made me feel okay. If 
only in that room. Yeah. But I really loved going to school. And mm. not because I, I was able to get fed there and everything, but like because she was always there and she felt more than a teacher to me. And again, not inappropriate, but she felt more than a teacher to me. She felt like a friend or a family, a family that I that I wasn't having right yeah. now, you know? That's so, so sad that you yeah. have to keep saying like, not inappropriate, not inappropriate, yeah. not in a sexual way, not in a, oh, that yeah. sounds weird. Like, I know I already said this, but again, it, it, it does kind of fill me with a little bit of sadness and confusion to think that something so important, like this teacher being able to make you feel safe yeah. in that moment is probably, at least in the U.S., that would be... Like, as a teacher, I'd be like, mm, probably not worth it because of yeah. the risk. Well, and, and, and you know, you, you chalk that up to people abusing that, you know, right. like people doing the wrong things with, the, with you know, the, the... The power they have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I can recall even some coaches I've had in the past. You know, I remember Coach Arnold in, in eighth grade when I was having a really tough time also. Um, uh, and he, I remember him pulling me aside and like... You know, he was a screamer. He was a yell and he would get in your face. He was a big, he was a massive, he was a silverback <laughs> with a great haircut. You know what I mean? Like he was that dude. And he pulled, I remember pulling me aside and he grabbed me by the shoulders, the shoulder pad. And I thought he was, I literally thought he was going to wring my neck. And he just grabbed me and he just like, and he held me. He's like, look, I know you know how to do this. And he's holding my shoulders. Like I can feel his hands on my shoulders. He's like, I put you here for a reason, you know, and just, I, I get choked up thinking about it now, but he's like, I put you in this spot right here on this wow. spot in the field for a reason. Do what I know, do why I put you here. Like that's do that. And I was like, Oh my God. But the fact that he stopped the game, he stopped practice rather. And, 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 and help communicated you. me th- with me through touch. Yeah. to let me know that it's not just words he's saying that this is him talking to me and not the team. Maybe part of, this as we're talking about it is going back to the fact that we're very good at communicating through touch. Maybe a nuance here is the importance of using touch to communicate compassion and Mm -hmm. care. And those are hopefully safer forms of touch than, you know, (laughs) making an assumption that you're allowed to touch someone's body because there's attraction between you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe get rid of that unless it's clearly consensual, but could there be some ways to incorporate more touch into your life at the very least in the close caring relationships you already have um last one i'll share is robert kurtzbahn and team found that in experiments where participants could either compete or collaborate a light touch would make them more likely to collaborate Hmm. so they had they were playing the prisoner's dilemma where essentially they could screw each other over or they could assume that the individual that they're working with could be trusted and strangers who felt that touch were more likely to trust each other. Hmm. That's interesting. Any, any ideas for you from you in terms of how to apply these findings in, in the context of the challenges of touch in our society? I guess, well, I could see where it could help me communicate with you, Mm. uh, like being more meaningful with my touch, mm. you know, instead of like, like using touch as a form of yeah, communication. yeah, or, or an emphasis in communication rather. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, I also think like how much our dogs use touch with each other. Mm. Uh, when Rumble came back from her surgery, and Meatball, who is all crash, I mean, he's all head and just full go, crashing into everything, including us people and other dogs. How gentle he was with her, yeah. and yeah. how he would just lie with her, um, yeah. just. Like a body, and even when before her surgery, when he was scared, uh, when he first got here, he would go and she would lie and just 
touch her back to his. Yeah. And he was like so calm. Yeah. And that's just so true. You know, I, I think a lot about the purpose of this podcast being about helping us all become better, not necessarily be better people, but yeah. be better at being people. Yeah. And yeah. I think that in our society, we focus so much of our communication on words mm-hmm. and forget that actually you can say a whole lot more mm. just through being close to somebody. Yeah. Like just like you said, like just sitting next to someone when they're going through a hard time or being able to use touch to, to express celebration or excitement, like that deepens our connection, our relationships in a way that we forget we humans can do. Yeah. So here's some stuff that maybe is less fraught in terms of accidental creepiness. Um, So it turns out that it's not just human touch that influences our behavior. There's a lot of really interesting research on something called tactile tactics, which is the role of inanimate objects in influencing our behavior and how they feel. Okay. So basically like when we feel an inanimate (laughs) object, how does that make us think and react? I'm still inappropriate (laughs) in my mindset right now, but keep going. I'm waiting. I'm waiting to hear somewhere I could jump on, where I could be like, "Uh uh-huh, because I don't want to say the wrong thing. All right. So may I recreate some experiments on you? Like Uh, mini, mini versions. Yes. These are going to be totally non-sexy, non-sexy objects. Okay. Okay. So. uh, Speak for yourself. I've been around the block a few more times, but go ahead. So these were studies originally conducted by Joshua Ackerman, Chris. Christopher Nasera and John Farg. Okay. All right. So I'm going to show you two books. Close my eyes. Okay. Um, you could look at them, but don't read them. Don't read them. Well, like I'll show you two books. Okay. And just okay, look at the hold. shape. I just want you to take a quick look okay. at them and brief and quickly tell me. So I'm going to hold them. Yeah. Just okay. hold them. And I want you to briefly tell me which of these books do you assume is going to be a more serious book? The one on my right, the hardcover. Okay. Why? Uh, cause it's a hardcover. Okay. And, uh, there's so many more words. No, 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 just the touch of it. Oh, just the touch. It, it's heavier. Yep. And it's bigger. Yep, exactly. So uh, this was super, super quick, right? But participants this in, guy in the, with <laughs> sorry, the that's other one is touch. actually a really yeah. silly book. Um, but but oh, I'll, I'll take, those, take back. those back. So that's it. That was a super, super quick little test. Okay. But notice how you were like, yeah, because it's hardcover <laughs> and because it's heavier. Obviously, it's a more serious topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it could have been a heavy hardcover that's like the autobiography of some comedian or something. Okay. Which right? comedian? <laughs> Just kidding. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. But my right, point is, right. so quickly our brains touch something and they're like, oh, this is serious. This yeah, is yeah, important, yeah. whatever. Right? So, so for example, in research that I recreated a, a study that was not actually conducted, but the version that was conducted is participants held candidates' resumes either on paper or on a heavy <laughs> clipboard. And they, the people who were holding the resume, the same exact resume on a heavy clipboard, felt that the candidate was more, more serious, serious and better qualified. Yeah, there you go. Right? Okay. Uh, so I'm going to give you this item piece of wood touch yeah okay. and just touch it you want to break it, it no don't break it you sure yeah just touch no please don't break it stop it okay okay uh okay i'm gonna give you a quick little description mm. um, <laughs> i had to smell it <laughs> it's new wood no we're mm. not talking smell we're okay talking. yeah smell was last okay. time okay so uh what are some words you might use to describe a co-worker who sticks to his convictions even when others disagree um plank like <laughs> uh splintery no okay no, come on, uh, seriously. uh uh, uh, steadfast, okay. um, true, oh God, sticks to his convictions, uh, headstrong, headstrong, headstrong and, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, like of true heart or, or okay. high integrity, high integrity, high okay. integrity. And, um, yeah. I like that, by the way, you said headstrong as you placed 
the chunk of wood on your head. <laughs> so you were like, what's the word I'm looking for? And then you literally put a piece of wood on your head and said, headstrong. <laughs> okay, give me the give me the wood back. Oh. So that didn't oh you want to keep playing. No, this wood? it's all right. It's good. Um, it's good for you me. You can have the wood after we're done with the okay. with this with this podcast. Okay. <laughs> so that didn't quite work. But uh, in their study, what they did was they had people either touch a soft blanket, which mm-hmm. I'm basically wearing right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I was about to say the thing your robe. Um, I'm wearing a very very fuzzy <laughs> robe. Or handle a hard block of wood. And they would describe a character. And people who were touching the hard block of wood were more likely to describe that person as rigid and strict. I almost said rigid. Really? But I was like, ah, it's too on the nose if I'm holding uh, wood. Okay, Isn't okay. that funny? I almost said rigid. Really? And, and I didn't say that. Yeah, yeah. Because you felt like, like I was Yeah, strict I wouldn't have much. said. Because, I mean, yeah. this person, how do I know this person's strict? You said they no, stick to their guns. Strict. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but rigid anyway. is like... I, that steadfast. That's why I changed it to steadfast. I was like, wow, steadfast. don't mess with my experiments. I didn't. Time, okay? I was just like, I just didn't say know. the first <laughs> words that come to mind, okay? Jeez. Okay. Uh, another one they did was people who completed a puzzle with a rough texture were mm. more likely to describe someone as harsh. Hmm. And uh, people seated in a hard chair versus soft chairs were less flexible in their negotiations. People sat. In hard chairs. Yeah, they were less flexible. Oh, if people shit. sat in a, in a soft chair, they were more open and more collaborative. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do you think... So, thinking... Like, these are forms of touch. Well, that... yeah, because... I, sorry, 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 sorry. I don't... I just, it just hit me. When you're in a hard chair, you don't have much opportunity for posture right so like you don't have you can't sit back you can't relax mm. so if your body's rigid you're already in that mindset of oh, like so you think it's what boom. it does to your posture. i think it, what it does to your body i don't think it has anything to do with like a soft chair or anything mm. but like when i'm relaxed in, in like this chair that we're in now these little bucket chairs yeah yeah you could probably negotiate with me here something about you know Moral. whatever we need yeah okay so it might be more of like we talked in the past about it facial feedback hypothesis you're thinking maybe like a body feedback hypothesis yeah. like if my body's more relaxed then it's like i'm be- more relaxed yeah before you go out on stage they tell you to what strike a what a weak pose they oh. tell you strike a power pose you go out there and you feel powerful <laughs> uh so i think it's the same thing if you in a rigid pose you're yeah. going to be rigid in your mm. reaction but what do you make of the other ones you touch a rough texture and you see others as more harsh you hold a wooden block and you see people as more rigid yeah i think it's a primer i think it, it primes uh, your brain point. yeah you know? yeah so it's almost like in, especially in the face of ambiguity, like if you are not super clear how to determine or how to judge something, yeah. touch is a really powerful primer. And I don't mean to 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 drop dimes on this research with who who did this research. Ackerman, the three, yeah, the three Nacera people, and Barg. Barg. So I don't mean to 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 kick in the door on this research, but I got to say, if you tell me to do a puzzle with a harsh check harsh texture, and then ask me questions about someone, I'm gonna assume that you want me to tie these two together. Hmm. So so what they first of all they did it as two separate kind of activities. Mm-hmm. So they would say, here, do this. Okay, now let's let's do yeah. this other thing. And just to be clear, some people had the rough texture puzzle and some people had the smooth texture puzzle. Some people had the right, soft chair, some people had the they're still going chair. to talk to you. think to they're going to put those two yeah, together? Yeah. That's possible. I mean, yeah. our brain is a linking machine. Isn't yes, that what we it teach? It sure is. So we, we but I will say that when they ask people in these studies, hey, do you have a guess about 
what this experiment was about. Mm-hmm. They do that to make sure that people aren't making the link. Even of if, course, they might not be honest. Even if about I don't it. know, but even if I don't know what the study what the study is, the point is we're still linking. Yes, our brains are linking machines, but notice how we link physical touch hmm. to okay. individual characteristics. All right, I'll let this. That I'll let it in stand. That itself is interesting, right? Like even if you literally think about. When something is physically heavy, we yeah. associate it with being emotionally heavy. Okay. Or All when right. something is physically rigid, okay. we associate it with emotional rigidity. Like the the link between how we perceive emotions and people's characteristics between physical touch is super interesting. Okay. Sustained. Okay. Thank you. I'll take it. Mm. What do you think? Do you think that physical touch of objects impacts you in everyday life? I don't. Like Ugh. you talked before about... The power of opening a comic book and smelling, yeah. like a like a, a an old comic book and smelling it, and and that sort of like transports you. Yeah. I will say, I'm very particular about wearing only comfortable and fuzzy things. Yes, you are. And I noticed that <laughs> if I'm not wearing comfortable fuzzy things, I am a more cranky person. Oh, I got it. Okay, if you're I'm if we're more talking about fuzzy and robe like yeah. when I wear fuzzy robes. If we're talking about clothing and stuff as part of the touch, which of I course. guess we are. If I work out and I'm not wearing something completely comfortable, I get I'm cranky. Yeah. I'm I'm cranky and my workout is harder. Right. And, and I only see the end of it. Like I can't wait to get to the end. So everything is a challenge. But if I'm comfortable, then I look at everything as like, oh, this grows this, this builds yeah. this, this helps And you're that. super particular about your t-shirt materials. Uh, yeah, 50/50 or <laughs> no less I don't do anything less than 60-40 split. So of what? I, I, I only do no less than 50-50. So if it, it has to be cotton poly, baby. Okay. If it's a t-shirt, if it's worth a damn, it's a cotton poly blend. So if it's 100% cotton, get that shit back to the UK. I remember when you and I first Are you crazy? got together and I oh, bought you this. Oh, you used to get like, me this funked out t-shirt. I think t-shirts. I did it once. I They'd got They stand you. up on their own. They You couldn't, <laughs> even no matter how much you wash them, they had the wrinkles still in the crease. But that's what I'm saying. The textures of the things all yeah. around us impact how we feel day to day. Look, remember our first couch that we got together? <laughs> It was so the futon. Uh, no, that one. That one I already had. But we okay. bought that couch from I the I think it was Joybird or whatever, and it oh, felt like a um, fancy couch. Our first fancy. Our first couch. fancy couch, and Ugh. it was, and it felt like uh, a doctor's office, but yeah. like a doctor's office that makes you want to feel that uncomfortable. That was like the year we were serious. Yeah, it was like uh, the first three weeks. <laughs> we were serious for about three weeks. We sat on the couch, and I was like, I hate this. Like, I hate, I hated the movies I was watching. <laughs> Uh, and I was like real negative on everything. I was like, oh, this movie sucks because X, Y, Z. And then I was like, oh, wait, it's 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 our surroundings. This is what I mean yeah. by being better at being a human. It's like we need to understand the different variables that are acting on how we feel and how we think. And what we touch and what touches us, even the inanimate <gasps> stuff, plays a big role. Shoes. Shoes. Yeah. Shoes. You wear a bad pair of shoes. And that's it. Forget about it. That's it. Your whole day is, is You may as well effed. go to sleep. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. The sheets that you buy. Yeah. So surrounding yourself in textures that bring out. Oh my gosh. Yes. You Me? are notorious. For what? For not spending money where money should be spent. I you spend used money to, on textures. Listen, you used to want to buy that nasty ass toilet paper. <laughs> and what I do, what I do, what I bring us, Charmin Ultra Soft. That's what I'm talking about. I brought us here and right. I spent the money and I do that. No, it's true. I will. My typical orientation aside from clothing i have learned to ensconce myself in (laughs) soft feeling (laughs) textures but otherwise i will usually pick something that's cheaper than something Mm -hmm. that feels nicer as i've gotten older i've understood the impact of sensation on me uh yeah you're welcome (laughs) i will you've spoiled me so much i was about to say it wasn't because you've gotten older 
because uh, you could be this age without me and be using that nasty uh, toilet paper that's one ply. And yeah, that... you have very strong feelings about like <sighs> your your paper towels need to be fluffy. Yeah, your toilet paper needs to be yes. fluffy. Yeah, okay. Sheets. Do you remember you bought that toilet paper and I made you take it back? I've never seen anybody return toilet paper. You had to go back to Dwayne Reed. <laughs> And you're like, what? It's Scott's tissue. I was like, I don't even know who Scott is. I've never heard of Scott's. You better get back there and get those bears. I'm so sorry, Scott. You better get those bears. All right. So we know that touch is important for communication. Uh We know that it's important for our sensations (laughs) and emotions and toilet paper. Finally, let's talk about the importance of touch for our well-being, which you you already touched on. Sorry, I can't Wow. So researcher Tiffany Field found that preterm newborns who received three 15-minute sessions of touch therapy gained 47% more weight than babies who just received standard care. 15% more weight? 47% oh. more weight. That's good, right? Yeah. It's oh, okay. really. so, so it's like... preterm newborns. Okay. So, so they're born not yet fully baked, so to speak. Oh, I see. And... Standard medicine doesn't focus on touch at all. And touch therapies, which essentially is just like sustained, deliberate touch for Mm -hmm. short intervals of time, it seems to stimulate something in our bodies that allows for, at least in infants and young children, faster uh, and healthier growth. Well, who is that bag of horse excrement, that that doctor that did that research where he garbage? studies. Yeah. I mean, like... I try not to even bring in animal research into our study. Uh, Well, I mean, I, I didn't mean to bring it up either, but I mean, it's, that's a positive study where you, where you saw that the, the baby gained more weight mm-hmm. and actually got healed faster. But like to actually put someone through yeah. not touching them intentionally. Oh yeah. There's... When we know, I mean like I'm not a doctor. I've never, I've never stamped a doctor's thing on my, on any paperwork. I've never scribbled a. Doctors a, have stamps. I don't know what they have. Rubber stamps or, or seals or something. <laughs> um, and not, not like, like ocean seals. I mean like, you know, so, <laughs> but like to, 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 you know that that's, that's going to yeah. be a bad thing. There is so you much research that... that I didn't bring into this because I try not to bring animal research, especially amus- abusive animal research when either A, something should be obvious enough that we don't need to study it or yeah. B, we can do research with consenting humans. But there is so much research that looks at like touch deprivation and well, the dangers of that for health. Is and... that why solitary, conf- solitary confinement in prison is deemed um, uh, cruel and unusual? Is because there's a lack of touch? I don't think it is deemed or... as cruel and unusual. Yeah, like I, I think uh, for a certain period of time, oh, like, like that extensive ex- period of time. Extensive. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. That's a really good point. Um, maybe there is an aspect of touch. I imagine that it's like the suffering that happens with under stimulation mm. because that, you know, there's hyper stress and then there's hypo stress, which mm-hmm. is the stress of not enough stimulation. And that can be really damaging and dangerous yeah, as well. But, imagine. but yeah, maybe touch is part of it. Uh, back to Tiffany field. She also found that massage therapy reduces pain in pregnant women mm. and alleviates prenatal depression. Here's a really interesting one in the people having the babies and their partners. So oh, okay. it seems to be really linked to emotional well-being. Uh, she also found that children with autism, and I thought this was kind of an interesting one because when I was getting into, you know, learning more about touch, I was like, oh, but how about people on the autism spectrum 
Mm-hmm. I associate that as being really averse to touch. Sure. But what she found is that children with autism actually really benefit from touch if it's the kind of touch they like. So usually mm-hmm. it's like tight pressure or massage or being like really oh, um, tightly held also leads to really positive benefits. Uh, and various studies have found that touch reduces stress and sense of threat. As you brought up earlier, like mm-hmm. touch can make you feel really safe. Yeah. Um, so for example, Jim Cohen and... Richard Davidson found that participants anticipating an unpleasant blast of white noise had heightened brainwave activity. So they were or brain activity. They were looking at this in an fMRI, like brain scanner. Yep. And what they found is that if I'm lying there waiting for this really unpleasant thing to happen, the regions of my brain associated with threat and stress light up. But participants whose partner stroked their arm while they were lying there didn't show that reaction at all. Uh, Similarly, James Cohen found that participants who anticipated an electric shock felt less stress when holding hands with the experimenter and particularly uh, holding hands with their romantic partner. This makes complete sense. So the other night we saw that picture fall. What? Uh, you and I saw oh, that picture oh. fall. Uh, so, fall <laughs> so let me just explain to listeners. Is a, is a Brian's picture. on this weird new kick where he's calling movies and films pictures. Yeah, I'm trying to bring pictures, that back. See, I'm going to put you on pictures, kid. Okay, so we that saw was me smoking a cigar because you understand that what also sounded what it also sounded like you said we watched that picture fall. As no, no, there was a picture oh, on the wall yes. and it fell. So we watched. So that was triply confusing. A, a, a major motion picture. Yeah, a talkie. A talkie. Yeah. Called fall. Yeah. And for any of y'all who are out there who are looking for a nice horror film that's not quite horror, <laughs> holy shit! Yeah. So um. And and look, I love horror films. I, we've talked about this before. It's my jam. I love that. I yeah. very rarely get scared now. So like to have something give me a movie experience, I'm all for. Yeah. So um, a picture experience. A picture. Sorry, a, a picture experience. So um, we we rented this picture and uh, we <laughs> saw it. And I'm not going to give away too much, but if you're afraid of heights. Yeah. Like someone I know, and I'm pointing back at me. <laughs> it's amazing and yeah. holy shit. Well, and get back to the point. The point is, yeah. is that while we were watching the picture, <laughs> I was so nervous and my eyes were all dried up and I was freaking out. Your palms out. were sweaty. Your palms were oh, So my. what did I ask you to do? I was like, can you scratch my back while we were oh. watching this? So as, as a way to soothe. As a way to soothe because I was freaking out. Um, I was like gripping my own hands because (laughs) my romantic partner doesn't like to hold hands. So I've learned to hold my own hands. That is so sad. But when we go to, when we go, when we go to haunted houses, what do I do? You, I hold your hand. You do. And the whole time, and we hold hands the entire time, unless I'm screaming. Yeah. Well, and then I have to clutch my pearls. (laughs) So I need my hands for those. Or you let me like hold onto your back or something. Yeah. Yeah. You go scrunch my jacket. Yeah. Yeah. So, so touch is this amazing stress reliever, natural stress reliever. And to your point about, you know, recognizing opportunities to touch, use touch even in our relationship as a form of communication when one of us is upset or one of us is really stressed out, like it could be so hard and scary to try to find the right words, but sometimes just using a little bit of touch. Is I know the intensity of how scared you are or you know the intensity of how scared I am. Um, Also, and you you can use touch to alleviate that. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, When you eat something that you're really excited about, like, if you go to vegan treats and grab some new thing, you didn't oh do it yesterday. God. When you said that, I just remembered that I have <laughs> a vegan pumpkin tart in the fridge. All right. Thank you for listening so, to. Exactly. <laughs> no. So um, when you eat something from, from there that you haven't eaten or you like it, 
you'll punch me. Oh. You'll, you'll like, you'll like go, mm, and then you'll hit me. Yeah. And that is um, how I express yeah. Myself. And, and then <laughs> I don't get mad because I'm like, I, I get so excited when you find something like that you love. Yeah. But like you get like, oh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, so yeah. wait, does this have anything to do with cute aggression? Cuteness aggression. Yeah. So with cute aggression, we get this, many of us, this, listen to episode one if you want to hear more. But <laughs> we get this really intense uh, almost like a desire to, to, to squish and grab and tear and squeeze. Uh, and I definitely get that with the dog. So I, I, yeah, it's, it's a form of like an expression of the intensity of your communication. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what it's like to be meatball or dog on the other side of that. Or huckleberry. Or, but I've been really getting it with meatball because his cheeks are so squishy. Oh gosh. And I'm like, ah! Yeah, yeah. And he feels squishy. it too. Like he, he, he gets cuteness aggression too. Like yeah. he, because when he can't take it anymore, he, he just throws like himself. And yeah. And he throws himself, himself on, on us and like bites hands yeah. and, and like wraps yeah. his body around us. You know what? And, like one of my takeaways I think from this topic is this week I really want to just focus on the experience of touch as communication with the animals and with yeah. each other uh, and maybe with other I, I don't think i'll see anyone else this week because it's covid yeah but <laughs> it's a world of covid maybe i will but point is just even noticing that that's just not that's not just an interaction when touch happens mm -hmm. it's a form of deep communication in the same way that an exchange of words is a form of communication yeah and i think i'm gonna my takeaway is going to explore more on being more touchy-feely because you know even with the, the goats or the pigs, I don't pet them as much as I want to mm -hmm. um, because of time or whatever. But maybe to take a little more time because, I mean, I know what it means to them. Mm -hmm. I do know. And oftentimes I'm like, oh, I forgot to do that. Or I forgot to rub Tully's belly or, or something like that. <laughs> uh, so I, I want to. Tully is a pig, everyone. Yeah. So I want to really remember when you scratch my back or when you mm -hmm. like, uh, uh, you know, play with my ear or something like that. <laughs> I What it means to me. And I got to remember to return the favor. Oh, that's so, beautiful. Yeah. All right, so to summarize, touch is essential for emotional communication. It's good. It is good. <laughs> Interpersonal touch influences trust, care, cooperation, collaboration, and willingness to take positive risks, sense of team connection. So looking for ways to incorporate touch safely and consensually mm -hmm. into your relationships can be really powerful. And maybe talking more openly yeah. about touch without that taboo. Because like you said, I didn't realize how much I was saying, I didn't mean that. No, yeah. no I didn't mean it like that. Yeah, like trying to yeah. starting to make some space for it and recognizing the oh, importance of it in all relationships. We tend to think of touch as romantic and that's just one tiny, you know, facet of touch. Yeah. Two other things to summarize, object touch can impact how we perceive people and situations. So start thinking about the objects and inanimate things in your life <laughs> and how they impact you and others. And finally, receiving positive touch in general can lead to reduce stress and improve our health and well-being. So y'all share some of your positive touch stories with us. And as usual, thank you for listening to Talk, Talk Psych to Me. Touch me. What? Touch, 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 <laughs> touch me. me.